And she's like, oh, please, your eyes are really beautiful. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Hi. <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> it's 2022 and I'm still going through puberty. No, I'm back. We're back. Yeah. I, I just got back to the the Big Apple. Ooh. Just ready to record. So excited. Yeah, it's our first movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited to be back in the swing of things because we haven't recorded in like a few weeks now because we took a little break over – the holiday season. Yes. And by the time that this is actually out, all of our letters to the people who um, mentioned us on their Spotify wrapped as being their top podcast, they will be in the mail to you. <gasps> oh so, my gosh. Very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. We just wanted to send out some thank you notes and some little goodies to say thank you so much for listening in 2021. And we're just going to make things even better and bolder and more enjoyable for you in 2022. Absolutely. And we're kicking it off with a 90s classic because it's it's been a hot minute, I feel like, since we've done a really solid 90s teen movie. Yeah. Today we are doing 1999's She's All That. Uh, the gorilla grip that this movie had. <laughs> On 1999, like we have Freddie Prince Jr., mm-hmm. we have Matthew Lillard, okay, Gabrielle Union, Lil Kim and Usher have cameos in this, yeah, and an unspoken role of <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller, Kieran Culkin, yeah, Milo Ventimiglia also has an like a two oh second gosh. appearance on screen, non speaking role. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can see him for 0.2 seconds in this movie. He's literally an extra. Literally an extra. Floors me every time. Mm-hmm. We also found out that this film was filmed at the same high school as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. So very cool for that high school. Definitely, yeah. They actually made it for relatively cheap. It only cost – I mean, there's no exact figure, but it says like between 7 and $10 million. Oh, wow. And the box office was $103.2 million. So – Oh, this movie did so well. Yeah. Holy shit. Smash success. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that we also found out is that M. Night Shyamalan – Took a pass at the script and did a little rewrite, did a little uncredited polish. Oh, yeah. Our man, fellow Tish alum. Yes. Mr. <laughs> Shyamalan. Super. Yeah. I guess you said that he, um, it was his idea to do, can't remember. You mentioned two specific scenes. I also can't remember. Um, one of them I know is like this, the, like the naked scene at the graduation at the end because like somebody I think streaked at his high school graduation he was like I always wanted to write that into something and I can't remember what the other one was but he actually did like a lot of work on this script and like probably should be credited or at least like he kind of like ghost wrote the script really um that like helped it get greenlit which is pretty cool yeah they also considered Lily Sobieski and Mina Zuvari and Jordana Brewster for Laney, and they considered Josh Hartnett for um, 
Oh my God. Poor Zach. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, I mean, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on in the podcast, but like, it seems like in 90s teen movies, there was like 10 actors and they were like, and we're using them That's in it. all of them. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Is this our chance to talk about Kieran Culkin and Succession again? Oh, I think this is our <laughs> chance. Every every episode, we're just finding ways to worm ourselves into chatting about Succession. Uh, if you're not watching it yet, I don't know what you're doing. Hop on the train. But our boy Kieran is in this movie. Also kind of doing a little, little brother moment. Yes. As he does in Succession so well. He's really good at playing this kind of like little freak Azoid <laughs> character, to be honest. Just this like wiry little brother who's like too big for his britches type yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was a delight. I like had kind of forgotten that he was in this movie until I started watching it. I was like, oh, yeah. That's so funny because I did think he was in this movie and I was like, Mariah, you're actually going crazy. And then I saw him <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank God. I was right. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I guess before we dive in, shall we do our little review shout out montage wrap up? Absolutely. So Patsy, aka Miss Tompkins, um, for you, we did do a little internet stalking. It seems like you love the outdoors, you love your dogs, you love your partner, um, really cute Insta. Mm -hmm. And we chose Heaven by Los Lonely Boys. And for this song, it's kind of just like a very chill, it gives me beachy vibes, mm. but you could also apply it to like just nature outdoors in general. So maybe you're on a little nature walk, you have your dogs in hand, you come across a little like uh, a lake or a stream that's like good for getting, you know, your toes wet. You kind of just like have a little lake day and you're hanging out, you're chilling. Maybe you're sipping a beverage and really just enjoying your time in the sun. Mm. That sounds beautiful as we're in like the midst of this horrible, horrible winter right now. That does sound like heaven uh. to me. <laughs> so next up, we have a review from Arthur. And the song that we have selected for you based off of your musical preferences is the song Paradise by Coldplay. And I do see this montage as like a little bit of a turning point, emotional reckoning kind of montage. Yeah. So you're in like the point of the movie where you're really like going through something. You're at a crossroads. Which path do I take? What's the decision I want to make? And you need to like kind of have a moment alone to really evaluate what you want to do. So you go outside, you take a walk and you go to like, this really isolated part of your town. Maybe it's like by some water or it's like by some trees or you're at a park or something, but you just see this huge sky in front of you and you're watching the sunset. And as the sun is setting, you're thinking about everything that has brought you up to this moment and you have a moment of clarity and you know the choice that you're going to make. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Very emotion. And going from that incredibly emotional song to kind of a more lighthearted <laughs> moment, um, we did get a review from My Skeptical Sister, which is a podcast. We actually had a trailer of theirs in one of our episodes. Yes. And for you, you both, since I don't know who left it, 
I chose Our Lips Are Sealed by Hillary and Haley Duff. Oh. So we have a little sister duo. Sister, sister. Exactly. And this is just such a, a fun and playful song. So I picture you both having a day together. Maybe um, you're getting your nails done together. You go out to get some lunch. You go shopping. Maybe during the shopping montage, there's like a dress that you want and your sister's like, ew, I hate that. But then you try it on and she's like, okay, you're right. Like it does look great <laughs> on you. Because I don't have a sister, but I assume that sisters get into like stupid little fights and then they're like, just kidding, we're best friends. We're which best is, friends. sounds super fun. I love that. That's so cute. And last but not least, we have a review from Ashley and we did stalk your Instagram as well. And mm-hmm. a song that really immediately came to mind was the song Love Grows Where My Rosemary Goes by Edison Lighthouse. Ah, so cute. For this montage, I see this as the very beginning of your movie. It's like the opening like title sequence montage where we're getting introduced to you. You know, Peggy Peggy McDowell played by Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it's it's kind of like an L Woods opening montage where it's like we see like you getting ready like we see your hair we see like your nails your clothes like you're getting dressed um and then we can see you doing like a bunch of different activities like maybe you're working out or maybe you're like hanging out with friends and you're like maybe going on a date or something and we just get like this whole all-encompassing vibe of like the person that you are and the places that you like to go and who you have like in your life and just get this like warm glow from like the warm person that you are how lovely so thank you everybody so much for your reviews we appreciate them so much we're slowly but surely working our way through them Mm -hmm. and if you haven't heard your shout out yet stay tuned it is coming and if you listener would like a movie montage song assigned to you all you have to do is leave us a little written five-star review on apple Podcasts, or if you leave it on another platform like audible or stitcher or anything like that you can also let us know and we'll be happy to include it as well for sure i did put a piece of chocolate in my mouth i can't tell you why i made that decision (laughs) and on that note shall we get into it let's do it So we open up and we meet our protagonist, Lainey Boggs, played by the wonderful Rachel Lee Cook. She is just a little high school gal, 17 years old. We see her in the basement making this kind of like experimental, like multimedia collage art piece while she's listening to some music. Uh, She then goes upstairs. It's the morning. So she goes to wake up her little brother, Simon, aka Kieran Culkin. And to get him out of bed, she threatens to spit into his juice. Uh, (laughs) gross I did read that they added this specifically for male audiences there's like two specific moments that they added for to like try and get boys to see this movie why not because they're like, boys aren't going to go see a rom-com unless we put some gross body humor in there so oh my god what's the other scene the pubes yes absolutely it was (laughs) (laughs) 
That's why it is so out of place with the rest of this movie. Oh, my God. It is really out of place. <laughs> yeah. So they want to show that Lainey's not like the other girls. She can, like, hawk a loogie. So <laughs> Simon does end up getting up so that she doesn't spit in his juice. And it is the first day back at school after spring break, which means there's only eight weeks until summer. <gasps> I know. Remember high school? I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what if we didn't? Um, so Lainey's dad drops off Lainey and Simon at school. Meanwhile, Zach Silner, resident popular hottie, um, drives his, I'm assuming it's a Jeep. I think so, Into yeah. his reserved parking spot. And if I had to go out on a limb and guess, I would say that Miss 2005's one of her dream boys would be Freddie Prince Jr. I would say probably. We'll have to ask Nicole if you're listening. Please confirm or deny if you were a Zack mm-hmm. Siler stan or not. But he does feel like the precursor to, you know, your Nathan Scotts, your Troy Boltons, your John Tuckers, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah, he looks like a 1999 John Tucker, mm-hmm. um, but nicer. Yes. So. He's strolling down the hall. Everyone's saying hi. Everyone's like just wanting, you know, a moment of his attention. Mm. During this, Eleni meets up with her friend Jesse at the lockers. He's like eating a candy bar or something. And she's like, aren't you not supposed to be eating that? Because I guess he has a goal to lose like 10 pounds before graduation. Yeah. They just like throw in these little comments here and there that are so weird and unnecessary and have like nothing to do with any sort of plot, they're just like, yeah, let's yeah. throw also, in there. Also, Kieran Culkin has hearing aids, but they never mention it or address it. Yeah. Or it seems like a really weird um, thing to just like toss in there. Well, yeah, it, it's especially weird because even Kieran Culkin was like, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Like they no one ever said anything. They're just like, yeah, you're just going to wear hearing aids. So they're just like threw them in there. I mean, like cool representation, but also like. It would be, I think, more interesting if it was just they cast someone who needed hearing aids. Yeah. And so it was in there. I don't know. Yeah. So we then follow Zach Seiler as he goes to meet up with his boys, Dean and Preston, um, one of which is a not yet famous Paul Walker. Tragic. Rest in peace. Yeah. And Dulé Hill, who you might recognize from Psych. So Dean is bragging about how, like, he had sex with a flight attendant on his way back home from Cancun. Sure. Okay. Um, And Zach is like, oh, yeah, my spring break. It was very chill. Just went skiing in Vail with my parents. It was all cool. Uh, Just skiing in Vail. Yeah, super Whatever. Met up with the Kardashians. (laughs) Who cares? Yeah, and they, you know, talk about how they only have eight weeks of high school left. And Zach is like, oh, my God, it's just – it's hitting me that our futures are coming soon. And I'm just like, the Troy Bolton vibes are off the chart with this one. So true. So then this girl Chandler, one of their like little popular friends is walking by on the phone and Dean takes this opportunity to like really grossly hit on her. Do you remember what he says? Um, Dean says, well, 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 check who's back from spring break looking all fine and shit. And Preston's like, Dean, on behalf of every black person, shut up. Yeah, precisely. So Zach asks Katie where his girlfriend is. Katie, a.k.a. Gabrielle Union, just 
amazing, doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, why? Like, very evasive. And he's like, because I haven't heard from her since you guys left for Daytona. Everyone in the school has taken a spring break trip. Yeah. It is like very obviously and clearly a, ve- a super wealthy school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Taylor comes up to them and Zach tries to kiss her because they're dating. But she's like, I have Diet Coke breath. Like, does anyone have gum? And one of her friends gives her some gum. And then she turns to Zach and she tells him that she's been thinking and this isn't working for her anymore. And Dean notices this new tattoo on her shoulder. And she's like, yeah, I got it during spring break. Zach is just like, what, you get a new tattoo and you're like done with me? Yes. So then – Taylor paints a whole picture for Zach. And this is like kind of a device that they use a couple of times throughout the movie where we go into this sort of like surrealist, either like dreamland or like memory land where a character will be walking through something that's happened. So we kind of like flash into Florida where we see that Taylor and her friends, Katie, Chandler, Alex have all ended up getting passes to the spring break beach house and they're at this like huge party seeing this was like a shock because i was like wow remember when covid didn't exist no (laughs) i I have no memory of the before times anymore (laughs) but yeah there's like a ton of people there everybody's dancing they're all just having a great time we see taylor like push this girl into the water in order to like dance on this raft in the pool by herself And as she's, you know, dancing, doing her thing in her little neon pink bikini, she almost falls over. But who does she fall onto? Who? Oh, my God. It's Brock Hudson, a.k.a. Matthew Lillard. I'd freak the fuck out if Matthew Lillard, like, helped me. But (laughs) not this version of him. No, not Brock Hudson. This dude sucks. Um, It turns out that Brock Hudson is a low-key celeb because he was on The Real World LA Season 2, and Zach is, like, the dyslexic volleyball player who got kicked out of the house, and she's like, whatever, the next three days were a total blur, and we just, like, cut to them fooling around in bed, and I'm like, this is a young teen girl and probably a dude in his late 20s. Gross. I love that song. Yeah. It's a winner. And uh, we also see that they went to go and get tattoos together. Brock got a portrait of himself. Yeah. And what did Taylor get? It's like a flower. Like a heart heart or something. Yeah, something weird. But, you know, she ends up telling Zach that she'll still go to prom with him because they're going to win prom king and queen anyways. Like, it just makes sense for them to go together, even as friends. Zach is completely speechless. And she's like, well, did you honestly think I was going to leave for college still dating you? Oh, you did? In a way, that's so sweet. And then just walks away. Embarrassing. Oof. Rough, rough times for Zach Styler. Yeah. And the whole school hears this. Like, it's oh, yeah. public humiliation. Mm-hmm. Cut to art class with Lainey. Um, her teacher is talking to her about the piece that she made. And she tells her that it was inspired by a riot in Mogadishu. And her teacher is like, well, that's great, but what part represents you? And you can kind of see that Lainey is a very guarded person. She Mm -hmm. is like 
transfixed on all these other issues in the world, but like can't deal with her own. So yes, Misty comes up to her. Misty is played by Clea Duvall. You might know her from Veep, the bodyguard who marries Catherine. Also from But I'm a Cheerleader with Natasha Leone, classic. Yeah. And she's like, you know, me and Savannah were talking over spring break um, when we were in Spain <laughs> looking at art. And we were talking about how, like, you're not afraid to be dark, but no one here gets that. And <laughs> they talked about how a lot of artists were actually appreciated more posthumously. And your name came up. And we would think it would just be a great idea for you to kill yourself, which is an insane thing to tell someone. Yeah. And they're like, think about it. (laughs) She's so mean. It did kind of – it sounded like something that like Nancy from The Craft would say. Oh, yeah. 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 I wonder if she auditioned for The Craft or was that a little bit before this? Uh, 99? It would have been right around – was The Craft 96? It would have been like mid to late 90s. So around this time, I could totally see it. Yeah. But alas, the school day goes on and we flash forward to the end of the day. And who, who is the fucking like school announcer? Like what is, what is that role even called? A VJ, like yeah. a voice jockey. <laughs> I, yeah. It's obviously like it's just a student closing day announcements, but it is – Basically the equivalent of in Hilary Duff's Cinderella story. Yes. That goth girl who's like, listen up, whatever, high school. Here's what's going down. (laughs) Yeah. Except in this movie, it's... Who is it? Tell the people. It's Usher. (laughs) It is literally the campus DJ. That's what he's credited as. Campus DJ. Literally Usher. Oh my god, this movie is insane. Um, yeah, it's Usher. He's like, hey guys, first day of school, blah blah blah. Zach Siler, keep your head up. Heard you got dumped today. Rough times for you. Keep your head up, King. Don't let the crown slip. <laughs> so Dean is like, Zach, you have to do something ASAP because your legacy at this school is literally in jeopardy because you got dumped. Dean is a really interesting character to me because, as we see later on, he actually has a job at a bowling alley, like, near where Laney works. Yeah, because he shows up in his, like, um, work outfit. Mm. And it kind of makes me wonder when he also has these, like, basically bouts of anger towards Zach for being Mr. Popular all Mm. four years of high school. I'm like, do you kind of have this complex because you might – not have as much money as him and you're not as popular like it is interesting to think about Mm -hmm. in that like respect yeah i mean there's definitely like a big like inferiority complex there that we see manifest in like really negative ways uh especially towards women um but damn i like didn't even really think about that i would have i wish they would have like really gone further with that i think it would have added some like more much needed depth than just like Oh, he's just like a high school douchebag. Because, like, yeah, of course, there are high school douchebags, but there's always mm-hmm. something behind it as well. Yeah. Um. So that would have been cool to see more of. My favorite high school douchebag right now is the jock guy from the OC who Marissa Cooper is dating at first. Oh, Luke Ward. Luke. He is <laughs> – I find him to be incredibly complex. Yes. Wait, what – okay, what part in the series are you at right now? 
Because I'm also rewatching season one. I'm still on season one. Okay. So we just watched. Have you passed Chrismica? No, no. Okay. We saw the Thanksgiving episode last, I want to mm. say. Okay. Maybe one after that, but I, if so, I can't remember. Yes. Oh my gosh. You have so much juicy stuff coming. Um, I'm like a couple episodes ahead of you and the worst, my like least favorite, like the worst fucking villain that I hate more than like almost any other character in like a show from this time has just been introduced. Ooh. And those, those who watch the show, you know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyways, back to She's All That, back with Dean, the high school douchebag of the moment. So the dudes are kind of all talking when Brock Hudson shows up to pick up Taylor from school, immediately gets swarmed by all these gals who recognize him from the real world. Mm-hmm. And Zach is just like really pissed off, obviously, and turns to his friends and is like, you know what? Whatever. Like Taylor's totally irre- – not irreplaceable. Totally replaceable. <laughs> and – Dean and Preston are like, I don't know about that. Like, every girl wants to be her. Every guy wants to be with her. And Zach's like, well, that's where you're wrong. Because if you take away the attitude and the makeup, you're left with a, quote, C-minus GPA and a wonder bra. She's like a really mean gal. She is. She is really, like, needlessly cruel. So Zach is like, look at that random girl. Given the right look and the right boyfriend in six weeks. She's prom queen, and Dean is like, you're delusional, but I am willing to give you a chance. So Preston is like, you don't need to do this, but Dean is like, let's make a bet. So their bet is that Dean gets to pick the girl, and Zach has six weeks to turn her into prom queen. And Dean, Preston, and Zach – I mean, Preston's really not a part of it. He's like... He's just along for the ride. (laughs) Yeah, along for the ride. But Dean and Zach bet on it. And they start, you know, being gross, gross little men just looking around like fucking um, poachers looking for their next kill. (laughs) Yeah. And they pass by a bunch of girls. There's like a girl who like pulls a wedgie out. Mm -hmm. There's another girl who like, she just kind of looks a little nerdy Then they see Lainey trip going up the stairs, drop all her art supplies, and Dean is like, okay, I think I've got it. And Zach is like, no, like Lainey isn't just superficially fixable. She's scary and inaccessible. But Dean is like, if I were you... I wouldn't even be talking to me right now. You only have six weeks to make a lady prom queen and you have your work cut out for you. I did think that that was like an interesting line to throw in there. And I think it kind of helps me buy it a little bit more because like obviously Rachel Lee Cook is beautiful before the makeover. Yeah. Like we're under no illusions that she is like an uggo. Like no way. But I think framing it as like <laughs> – Framing it as like – she is extremely guarded. She yeah. is extremely cold. Well, I don't know if cold is the right word, but, you know, she's she's not, she's cold. you know, warm <laughs> or forthcoming. Uh, I think that helps me buy into it a little bit more. 
despite like the yeah. other comments that they make along the way. And I did see like a, a couple of quotes from like the director and stuff where they were like, yeah, you know, it was 1999. Obviously, there's no way that like studios would let us cast like a girl who wasn't pretty. Like it's Hollywood. What are you going to do? So they really leaned into personality. And that's why they cast Rachel Lee Cook is because she could really pull off because she has a really great range. She could pull off that kind of like more stoic demeanor at the beginning. But then we can see her like mm-hmm. transition into the lady that she is at the end of the movie. Um, which I think she does a really good job at. I buy into it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a smart choice for sure. And a reason why I like the movie is because it's not about the way she looks like she does get a makeover to go to the party, but they really focus more so on her opening up. And Mm -hmm. like that is reflected in a couple of different ways that we'll like talk about later. And also I don't think Zach, despite um, his reputation is a, very superficial person. Mm-hmm. Like I think he really values being genuine yeah. and um, knows when he like makes a mistake that it's okay to recognize that and apologize mm-hmm. or to like change his behaviors. Totally. Yeah. So Zach goes up to Lainey, tries to like talk to her, ends up saying hi to her brother Simon by calling him spaz, which I'm like, you're starting off on a terrible foot here. <laughs> Um, and Simon's like, oh my God, you know my name. And Lainey's like, that's not your name. And Zach does apologize. And he then begins to ask Lainey out. And he was like, hey, Lainey, I was wondering if she immediately gets up and walks away. And he's like, you wanted to humiliate me in front of all of these people. And they just <laughs> walk off together. So this is public humiliation number two. Number two today. For Zachary in his first day back at school. Just living, loving, laughing. Yes. So Zach goes home and watches Brock on the real world on TV. He's just being a jackass. Like Brock as a character is just nasty, disrespectful. I think in the, the show, the episode, he like farts in front of his roommates and they're like, stop like doing that. Like it's disgusting. Like we're all sharing this room and it's like, yeah, just gross. Yeah. So Zach talks with his sister Mackenzie and she's like, oh, I know all about Brock and Taylor. And she's like, so who's the rebound skank? And he's like, well, I wouldn't say that there's a project, but she's been blowing me off. And Mackenzie's like, ooh, I like her already. And she tells him that it may be a difficult concept for a bitch magnet like himself, but sometimes you need to put in some effort with people like finding Hmm. out what they like and where they hang out. And this is such a good note to take if you are someone who's looking for a partner because it is the bare minimum to ask someone out, to take someone out to dinner, even if you're going to be a jackass, if you're not going to you know, ask them anything about themselves. If you don't care about their lives, just save yourself both the energy and don't ask the person out if you're not going to do that. Exactly. Um, Also, must mention that little Mackenzie here is played by a very young Anna Paquin, who I also did not remember was in this movie. (laughs) And she's kind of like this. She's super sweet. And I really like their brother, sister, Mm -hmm. um, you know, relationship, their friendship. And she's like, Here's their parents arrive home and she's like, oh, 
tell mom and dad I'm at Ashley's house. Her brother just got kicked out of uh, military school and he's really cute. And she has been putting like eyeliner and makeup on this whole time before she rushes off. Mm-hmm. And it's so just indicative of their relationship as brother and sister and how like they have these frank conversations but they, like, don't tell their parents anything. Oh, yeah. And Zach is, like, you know, golden boy, student body president, like, straight-A student, Ivy mm-hmm. League bound. And Mackenzie's like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to go hang out with my besties. See you later. Uh, I think we find out later that she goes to an all-girls school. Yeah, so she does. that's also, like, a theme for her, kind of just being, like, a rebel. Yes. So Zach's parents come home, they ask him about his first day back, and the dad is, like, looking through the mail and sees that there's, like, nothing from any colleges, and he's very concerned that Zach has not yet heard back from any schools. Like, at this point in the semester, presumably it's, what, like, April? April or May. Yeah. I I guess April, yeah. Yeah, like, he should have heard back by this point. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to go call the Dartmouth alumni office because he is an alum and zach is like no 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 just like give it a couple days like the end of the week and dad's like okay fine we'll wait to the end of the week so that's when zach goes up to his room and from his shelf you can't stand him from his shelf this man pulls out a fat ass stack of acceptance letters from a plethora of schools paris geller would kill him absolutely paris geller would kill this man slit his throat yeah for an acceptance to dartmouth okay harvard harvard that's all we see but we can assume there are more yeah probably every single ivy and then every other like top tier school um there is a moment later on that did make me laugh where they mention like dartmouth and nyu in the same breath and i was like we are talking about two very different leagues here Two very different leagues here. Yeah. Um, Lainey's like, you could go to Dartmouth if you want to. You could go to NYU if you wanted to. I'm like, I'm pretty sure in 1999, NYU was like, not a great school. <laughs> I think she must just mean like, it's expensive, probably. Like, you have the yeah, money yeah. to go there. But yeah. Because I remember Terry talking once about how he didn't do well in school, but he went to NYU. Yeah. And it was like, kind of like a fallback school at the time. And I was like, dang. While this is going on and Zach's having a crisis, Taylor is shopping with her gal pals, Katie and Chandler, and Chandler? Yeah. (laughs) Chandler. Um, And Katie says that two weeks ago, they were helping Taylor draft her prom queen acceptance speech, but now all she can talk about is Brock. And it's like – is very worried about her tattoo being infected, which we never get to the bottom of, but it does seem like there's an issue with the tattoo. Mm -hmm. So Katie like kind of tries to get it through her head that it's not a great time to start acting like a jerk because she needs people to vote for her if she wants to be prom queen. And Chandler's Mm -hmm. like, maybe you should try to like be more accessible at this point. And Taylor's like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Like, my mom was prom queen. Her mom was prom queen. My aunt was prom queen. And my sister would have been prom queen if it weren't for some tour that she went on and she, like, got in trouble during. Yeah. 
And she says that she could win this thing in fluorescent lighting on the first day of her period, cloaked in, uh, did she say TJ Maxx? Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. I thought she said, like, ripped rags. Oh. At least that's what it said in the subtitles, because I was just typing along. Oh, crazy. It said TJ Maxx. Yeah. I could not imagine prom is on the first day of your period. Oh, my gosh. Awful. Yeah. Taylor is having an ego trip, and it's not looking good. Yeah. So then we cut over to Lainey, who is working her after-school job at this, like, falafel restaurant. I don't know if it has a name. Think, like, Mamoons, but a chain. Mm. Mamoons is a chain, but, like, a bigger chain. Yeah. And she's wearing this uniform. It's pretty rough. She does have to wear, like, a pita with, like, falafel on it (laughs) as a hat. Um, she's taking orders when who walks in but Zach Seiler looking for Uh. her. And so she excuses herself from this customer who is, like, very indecisive. He has, like, a whole thing going. And she's like, listen, I don't know why you're stalking me, but I'm not smart. So, like, I can't tutor you if you think that I'm just, like, some big old nerd to tutor you. And he's like, Lainey, I have the fourth highest GPA in the school. I was like... Okay, wasn't expecting okay, hot. that. Yeah. Okay, like, sexy oh nerd. Oh my gosh, giving me Austin Ames. I love to see it. Oh yeah, I googled some pictures of him, and there are some of him like wearing glasses, and I was like, oh yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. is so fine. Like it's stupid how hot he is. It is, and there, him and his wife are so beautiful still. Oh yeah haven't like they've aged beautifully they look like they're super in love um have like a gorgeous family they seem to be thriving i mean we can only know so much from the outside looking in but it looks great Mm -hmm. from the outside at least (laughs) (laughs) from the from the outside looking good (laughs) so laney is still confused as to why this beautiful man wants to speak to her and he's like well i just i wanted to talk to you about uh uh looks down at her shoes that are covered in paint and is like art she's like you don't take art he's like yeah yeah i'm doing like a like an independent study i don't have time with all my other classes in soccer but your stuff is really good and i really want your help with my art (laughs) and that's when laney's buddy jesse who's just hanging by the counter is like oh hey zach why don't you take my ticket to the show at the Jester that we are going to tonight. And Lainey immediately goes over, threatens to kick Jesse's ass, but Jesse is like, aren't you the least bit curious why the hottest guy in school is stalking you? And she's like, all right, fine. Meet me there at seven. Zach tries asking her if she'll like have dinner with him before, and she's like, absolutely not. Goodbye. <laughs> So they go to the Jester Theater, (laughs) and let me tell you, when I say I was having, like, a post-traumatic stress flashback (laughs) to my experimental theater days. Yeah. This is what college was like for us, you guys. Yeah. I've seen a million of these performances. (laughs) I really want to make a meme, because in this performance if you know if you haven't seen it or just can't recall the performance begins with these actors coming out of a faux womb Mm -hmm. and i really want to make a meme that's like some of y'all miss the womb and it shows (laughs) 
<laughs> it's niche, but I love it. I love it, it. It's niche, but I think the circles that understand it would enjoy it. Yeah, the girls who get it, get it. <laughs> if you know, you know. So that's just a little look into what acting school is like. <laughs> and then once they leave the womb, um, there are two little people who are part of the act with the main guy. Or Actually, this actor is Alexis Arquette. Um, and they do, they actually passed away, Oh, but, um, at the time they went by different pronouns than at the time of their passing. But, um, the character's name is Mitch. And then these two other actors are like, my soul is an Island. My car is a Ford. (laughs) And it's like this weird, you know, capitalism, artist, artism. And then Lainey comes out. Um, with this white face painting and this white outfit and a sheet and she gathers them together and just goes be silent be still be silent (laughs) be still and everyone is moved and touched by this performance they applaud the actors take their bows and then mitch is like Lainey has informed me. Also, Mitch loves the audience and is like, oh, oh, oh me. Oh, me. Yeah. Like, my performance. <laughs> so they say that Lainey was like, you know, we have a new voice among us. Zach, come on up to the stage. And Zach is forced to go on stage. And she's like, you know, you don't have to if you're not interested. But everyone is clapping and egging him on. So he does it. And Zach pulls out his hacky sack. <laughs> Love 99. Yep. And someone puts on this like intense music. They turn on the lights and he starts kicking the hacky sack. And he's like, hack e sack, hack e sack, bounce. Gotta keep bouncing. Can't let it drop. Never let it drop. (laughs) Come on, Zach. Everyone's watching, expecting. Never let it (laughs) drop. And he's like (laughs) kicking the hacky sack around more and more intensely with each like move. Yep. And he's like, everyone's counting on you, Zach. Don't let it drop. Don't ever let it drop. And it drops. (sighs) And he's like, sooner or later. It has to drop. And, and they people are eat that shit up. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. <laughs> num, 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 num. Oh my gosh. The only thing that made this slightly less realistic is that everyone is applauding, like they're clapping with their hands. You know what they would be doing if it was real life? Yeah, they would snapping. be snapping. <laughs> they would be snapping. <laughs> oh, I wish art. Like, theater culture wasn't as cringe as it is. I know. But it's so cringe. It's so embarrassing. Um. <laughs> Inside the actor's studio. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Hack E. Zach. So, after this show, Zach is riding on a freaking high. He is feeling pumped. He's feeling amazing. And he's like, oh my gosh, like, that was so great, but, like, did I suck? And she's like, no, you were actually pretty good. 
And he also compliments her piece and she and he's like, oh my God, like with the paint and stuff, that was so cool. And she's like, yeah, like you sucked a lot. <laughs> Does that make you feel better <laughs> type of thing? And he's just like raving about the rush from performing. Yeah. And then he starts to like look at her as they're standing like at the crosswalk. And she's like, what? He's like, do you always wear those glasses? She's like, uh, yeah. And he's like, do you ever think about wearing contacts? And she's like, well, I have them, but I don't really like the thought of touching my eyes. And he's like, because your eyes are really beautiful. And she's like, oh, please, your eyes are really beautiful. <laughs> Just like. Annihilated. <laughs> <laughs> Three seconds to destruction. Kill shot. Guns activated. Can you insert explosion sound? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's what happens. <laughs> that's the subtext of that moment. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? I went against my instinct. This is all my fault. And like walks away from him. And he, like, calls after her, but she whips her head around. She's like, you want to know about art? When the class president starts touching my face on darkened street corners and talking about my eyes, there's a word for it. There's an entire movement in the 20s. It's called surreal. And walks away. Meanwhile, Taylor and Brock are making out. Well, it's mostly just Taylor kissing him mm -hmm. and Brock watching the real world. Um, that he's on, of course. And he's like, look, look, I get emotional at this part. It's actually him talking about how he was an only child and he didn't have a lot of friends. So he doesn't know how to talk to people. And I'm like, honey, it shows. Yes, that is apparent. Yeah. And then he asked Taylor to stop kissing him because he's reading for a new spelling drama at two and he doesn't want to smell like her spit. And he's like, come on, watch me on TV. Taylor is starting to, you know, get over the mystique of it all, and she gets up and leaves. Yeah, the writing is very much on the wall at the moment. Mm -hmm. So then we cut to Lainey's house, where who pulls up but, oh my God, Zach. He says hello to Lainey's dad, and they kind of like talk about his truck, and we like find out that Lainey's dad like cleans pools. He, like, has a business. That's what he does for a living. And he talks about, like, all the crazy stuff that he finds in the pools that he drains and shows, like, the jock strap that apparently belonged to a Heisman Trophy runner-up. And then little brother Simon comes running out. He's like, hey, Zach, do you want to play Sega with me? And Lainey comes out and is just like, what are you doing here? You cannot keep showing up like this and he's like well you keep avoiding me so what am I supposed to do so he like asks her about last night and she's like well I was busy and he's like yeah busy wigging out she was like I wasn't wigging out <laughs> and he's like well I wanted to see if you wanted to come to the beach with me and she says no so he's like okay Simon let's go play video games then and she's like no, you can't just – you can't come into my house. <laughs> and she's like, fuck off. <laughs> Literally no. And he's like, well, I was invited. And he's like, yeah, you know, we can play video games all day long and then maybe your dad can show me some more pool stuff. And Lainey's like, okay, I will go get my bathing suit then. Let's go to the beach. 
Oh my gosh. So Lainey goes to the beach, maybe for the first time ever, living on the beach her entire <laughs> life. And Zach and Lainey walk along the shore. He's like, oh, look at the waves. They're so beautiful. And she's like, do you know how many chemicals are dumped in the ocean each year? And Zach is like, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I know that the world has its problems, but would it hurt you to smile once in a while? And it's not like, smile, babe. Yeah. He's like, maybe don't have the entire weight of the world on your shoulders yes. all the time. Like, you're a teenage girl. And Lainey's like, I smile, but I saw this thing on CNN. And then she's – this thought is interrupted because Zach's friends roll up to the beach. It's Dean, Preston, Katie, all the others. And Zach tells Lainey that if they're going to be friends, they'll have to deal with them sooner or later. So they walk up and say hi. And Dean tells Zach that he called his house, but they said that he was at the beach. And then he tells Lainey that many women have lost it here. It's like his special spot. Then Preston apologizes for Dean's behavior. He introduces himself to Lainey and he's like, I'm Preston. And Katie also says hi. Then Zach leaves to help Dean unload the car. And while that happens, there are actually like a few planned exits in this movie that are so obvious mm. that I'm like, you left for no reason other than that these characters had like could have a conversation alone. Oh, totally. Yeah. So Katie and Chandler ask if this is a mourning period, if he's over Taylor, and Chandler's like, oh, it's way over. But it doesn't matter because it's not like Lainey and Zach were on a date. Sorry, Lainey. <laughs> and Lainey's like, I don't care. So <laughs> she takes off her bathing suit to just lay in the sun. Meanwhile, Dean tells Zach that she has a great pair of breasts. But hang on. we I need to find this exact line because it's one of the most ridiculous lines I've maybe ever heard. Yeah. He says, check out the Bobos on Super Freak. The Bobos? The – what the fuck? <laughs> the words that guys come up with for breasts, like – if they said those words to women, mm -hmm. would it never have sex? No, never. I really am concerned about men sometimes. I'm like, yeah, what happened to you? <laughs> what is the trauma? Let's unpack the trauma. Mm -hmm. So Preston comes up to the girls and asks if they're just going to lay there all day or if they want to play some volleyball with him. And Chandler's like, no, <laughs> I'm going to turn over in five minutes. But... She does say that Lainey, like she's seen Lainey in gym class and she has no athletic ability and says that Lainey runs like a girl. And Lainey's like, I am a girl. And Chandler's like, you know what I mean? So Lainey, loving to prove people wrong, mm -hmm. is like, I would love to play. And then Katie, who doesn't have a heart of gold, it seems, mm -hmm. agrees to play as well. Yeah, Katie, I mean, we'll talk about this probably a little bit more later, but there's also like a similar underlying thing here, like there is with Dean, where it's like the second in command, and there seems to be like some sort of because like she seems to be like a nice person. She doesn't really like to follow in Taylor's like mean behavior. It almost seems mm -hmm. like she's trying to like usurp her. 
it's like kind of like a Gretchen Wieners type of arc, it feels to me, where it's like replacing Taylor kind with of. Lainey. But I don't even think like I think if she was trying to usurp her, she would try to get herself voted prom queen, but she backs Lainey when yeah. Lainey's like nominated. And I think she nominates Lainey she does. for prom queen. Yeah, yeah. So we then have a little volleyball montage. We see immediately that the girls are not very good at it, but, you know, Zach is giving Lainey some pointers. They're playing the game. We see Chandler get decked in the head with a volleyball. Good times had by all. Oh, yeah. Except for Chandler, but whatever. So afterwards, everybody's leaving the beach, and Preston asks Zach if he's coming to his house tonight, and Katie's like, oh, yeah, Lainey, like, will we see you there? And Lainey's like, no, no. Not me. And Dean comes up and he's like, oh, come on, Lainey. Like, you gotta. There's gonna be booze and babes and, like, blah, blah, blah. She's like, okay, And bananas. (laughs) And beets. (laughs) She's like, okay, I guess. Beets, bears, Battlestar Galactica. Exactly. Sorry, God. (laughs) So uh, Chandler and Katie are getting into the car and – Chandler's like, oh, this will be interesting. Like, even if Zach and Taylor are broken up, if she sees him there with Lainey, she's going to shit Frisbees. And they, like, drive off. Obviously, Lainey hears this. So once they're alone, she tells Zach that she can't go to the party. And he's like, what are you talking about? You just said yes. And she's like, no, I forgot. Like, I have to clean the house. It's, like, totally filthy. It's unlivable. I can't go to the party. And he's like, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And helps her into his Jeep, and they drive off. Back at home, Dad and Simon are watching Jeopardy, and Lainey is chatting on the phone with Jesse about just this whole situation with um, Zach. And Jesse's like, well, I think you're just afraid to let anything good happen to you, and asks if it ever occurred to her that maybe Zach really does like her. And she's like, he doesn't. And we hear a knock at the door. Mm. So Lainey hangs up on Jesse and answers the door. Who could it be but Zach and his JV um, (laughs) soccer team? And he's like, well, I know you said you had to do some cleaning. So I got these boys from the JV team to come and clean your house up. And who should be (laughs) one of the boys on the JV team but Milo Ventimiglia. Are you joking? Insanity. Is this a fucking joke right now? <laughs> is this, I'm, are you fucking sh- shitting me? This is actually uh, what happens when Jess leaves Stars Hollow and goes to California. This is, <laughs> this is where he ends up. Oh my gosh. So Lainey's like, well, I have nothing to wear to this party anyways. And Zach is like, fret not, and presents her with a dress. Very thoughtful. And she's like, well, I, I can't go. Like, I'm a mess. Like, look at my hair. I can't go. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. <laughs> and so, of course, in comes Mackenzie Seiler. She's like, hi, I'm here to do your hair and makeup. Come with me. And drags Lainey upstairs. So Mackenzie gives her a good old-fashioned makeover. She starts by tweezing her eyebrows. And Lainey's like, I've never done this before. Mackenzie's like, do you know Bert from Sesame Street? And gets this nasty hair, just plucks it right out of there. Back downstairs, Zach is sitting with Simon, and Simon offers to get him a drink. 
So he goes through all these like old liquor bottles and picks a random one. He mixes like liquor and beer and soda into a martini glass. It's really horrific. Yeah. Back upstairs, Mackenzie asks Lainey if she really doesn't use makeup, and Lainey tells her that her mom passed away before she was old enough to teach her about anything like that. So Mackenzie looks at Lainey's hair, and she tells her that the haircut that she has doesn't quite suit her, um, that she had something else in mind. So just as Zach is about to dig into this nasty... (laughs) (laughs) what Simon calls a margarita. Mackenzie comes in and announces to them that she has a new, not improved, but different Lainey Boggs. So after some coaxing, Lainey comes down the stairs. She's wearing these big red heels, a beautiful short red dress, and her hair has been chopped into a little bob. She looks like a fairy, mm-hmm. just super, like, she has really tiny features on her face. She looks, like, so cute and pretty and almost makes it down the steps but trips right before she gets to the landing. And Zach catches her as she trips down the stairs, and they kind of hold that position for a second. It's very, like, tension-filled. Yes. And they kind of, like, get out to leave, but before they leave the house, Simon makes this, like, make-out mimic thing behind Zach's back, and Lainey shoots him a glance. Then Zach actually turns around and sees him doing that before they leave, which is embarrassing. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the iconic moment of this movie. It's like the '90s rom com moment of she's coming down the stairs and he's looking at her. I did like a four part series on TikTok of just like that type of clip from different rom coms, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, damn, if one day. I'm not descending down a staircase in a beautiful dress and nobody's looking at me like that. I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed off if that doesn't happen I'll to me. I'll be pissed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking it's pissed o'clock yeah. for me. <laughs> exactly. So they arrive at Preston's house. He offers them some drinks and Lainey is like, who are all these people? He's like, I have no idea. So that's when Katie comes up to them and she's like, oh, my God, Lainey, can I borrow you? Because there's like a hot pair of Spanish twins I want to introduce you to and like drags her off. Zach is looking very jealous, of course. Ooh. So uh, something's going on there. Dean comes up to Zach and he's like, oh, my God, like you came with Lainey. And he's like, well, I mean, I brought her. I don't know if that means, like, that we're here together. I mean, like, sh- I I went to her house, had people clean her house, provided her with a dress and a makeover, drove her here. Yeah, but, like, I don't know I if don't we're know here together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Dean is like, well, I mean, you spend all your time with her. I don't know. Are you mixing business with pleasure? And Zach is like, no, dude. Like, it's nothing like that. Hate to break it to you, but it's just a bet. Sure. So that is when Taylor and Brock arrive, and they're already looking, like, pretty trashed. Like, especially Taylor. She looks – They're trash Drunk. For sure. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, I figured I'd come to, like, one last sentimental thing. Like, they're super wasted. She makes Brock go and get her a beer, and Brock is like, you have a drink in your hand. And she's like, but I want a beer. So he heads off. 
Meanwhile, Lainey goes to the bathroom, but when she opens the door, she finds Misty puking into the toilet. Just to recap, Misty is the girl from art class who told her to kill herself. Yes. So Lainey actually does try to help her and offers her a tissue. Misty is just being super, like, rude as always. Mm -hmm. But she does take the tissue. And then as Lainey is about to leave, Misty's like, so... How does it feel? How does it feel a rich girl like me getting a scholarship to my first choice art school and you cleaning up my puke? And I'm like, you are fucking fucked up. Yeah. And she's trying to help you. The audacity yeah. that you possess. Also, like, why is this where your mind goes? Like, I just don't understand, like, how some people's brains work like that. It's... Yeah, pretty atrocious. Really evil. Yeah. And right after saying this, Misty passes out on the floor, spilling the art supplies out of her little plastic 1999 <laughs> purse. Yeah. And Lainey gets an idea. She closes the door. Meanwhile, back downstairs, Taylor goes up to Zach and she's like, oh, hey, like, I could totally get you an introduction with Brock, like maybe even an autograph. And he's like, yeah, that's okay. I uh, I saw your boy in a rerun the other night eating uh, his toenails for $10. So eh. real catch you got yourself there. And she says, jump up my ass, Zach. And he says, I've been there, done that. He's so funny. <laughs> been there, done that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Brock hears his song come on. And uh, he's having a moment. He clears out the entire dance floor so he can do a solo dance number. You know, your classic Matthew Lillard physical comedy gold mm-hmm. does not hold back any punches. He commits to the Zero. nth degree. <laughs> it is incredible to watch, really. But nobody at the party is at all into it. It is pretty rough he's thrusting <laughs> humping pumping he is doing it all yeah um so yeah nobody's into it and taylor walks away just as he does the splits misty finally leaves the bathroom and on her way out everyone's staring at her and just kind of laughing then she looks in the mirror in the hall and sees herself for the first time Lainey has painted her face like a clown, like white with like diamond eyes, like mm-hmm. full on clown makeup. Yeah, she spent a minute on it, it looks like. It's very well done. Oh, yeah. So Lainey goes back to the party, and while Brock is dancing away, Taylor actually spots Lainey and she makes a beeline for Lainey. She's like, What are you doing here? And Lainey tells her that she was invited. And she's just, like, super incredulous and tells her, isn't your dad, like, my pool man? Then Taylor spills her drink very purposely right down Lainey's dress and tells her that she should be more careful with silk. Lainey's rebuttal is to thank Taylor. And Taylor's really confused by this. But she says, thank you for a minute there. I forgot why I avoided places like this and people like you. And Taylor tells her that to everyone that matters, she's vapor, spam, and a waste of yearbook space. And nothing is going to change that. Lainey starts to get emotional. 
Um, it's a pretty big call out. It's just super rude. Yeah. And Taylor's like, oh, are you going to cry? And Lainey runs out of the party and Zach follows after her. So much public humiliation in this movie. Uh, I know. Am I watching She's All That or Gilmore Girls? <laughs> Truly. <laughs> so Lainey flees the party. She runs outside and she actually trips on this like gravel driveway and like completely falls on her knees and Zach catches up with her and tries to like comfort her but she's like no don't touch me and she's fully crying and she tells him that she had promised herself that she would never let them see her cry it's pretty it's pretty brutal it's really devastating especially when you think about all of the shit that she's gone through with her mother passing Mm -hmm. away having to be just responsible at her age Everyone, like, ostracizing her. It just just really hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So Zach kind of tries to comfort her, and he just says, it's okay. And she says that she never should have come here. And Zach is like, but, you know, you were having fun today. And sometimes when you open up to people, you let the bad in with the good. That's all. Which is a very, I think, a very wise statement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially – out of the mouth of a, a child, because um, he is a <laughs> Truly teen. he's 18. <laughs> yeah. Valeni um, tells him that she just wants to go home. They get up. Uh, he puts his jacket over her shoulders, and they get into his Jeep. So the next day at school, Jesse asks if she had, like, a little fun at the party, and she's like, you know, maybe a little – Meanwhile, people are passing by Lainey and telling her that she's awesome and that, like, way to go. And then she gets handed a slip of pink paper, and it is the ballot for prom court. (gasps) Then, obviously, (laughs) the campus DJ, Usher, talks about Taylor Vaughn and how she has some competition, okay? A dark horse, the falafel fairy herself, <laughs> Lainey Boggs. <gasps> yeah, pretty crazy. So Katie, Alex, and Chandler congratulate Lainey before Chandler's – oh, before Chandler's beeper goes off. And it's like this 911 call from Taylor. So – Katie is like, I don't care about Taylor. Like, she's been really rude to us. And Chandler is like, you know, we're all still friends. And Katie's like, things change. Yeah, it's it's giving me a Gretchen Wieners vibe where it's like we are replacing the figurehead. Lainey is the new it girl. But this feels more wholesome. Yeah, but more genuine. Yeah. Yeah. So they do go over to Taylor's car where Taylor is fully having a breakdown, sobbing. Turns out, shocker, that Brock Hudson broke up with her. Yeah, no one's surprised. (laughs) Who would have thought? And they're like, what happened? And we cut to Brock Hudson saying, hey, Taylor, this has been fun, but did you honestly think that I'd leave for All-Star Road Rules still dating you? Oh, you did? That's sweet devastating rough so chandler tells taylor that she's better off without him and they try and like cheer her up and taylor's like you know what you guys are the best and then she looks over and what does she see 
but some random student carrying a sign saying Lainey Boggs for prom queen. And she's like, did I miss something? Uh, Yeah, you did. You did, bitch. (laughs) So at soccer practice, Zach is playing the game. He is a talented young man and he misses the goal. (gasps) So after practice in the locker room, Preston and Dean are like, Zach, why are you off your game? And Dean is like, oh, are you in with the drawl from not having sex since Taylor broke up with you? <laughs> well, why don't you get Lainey, you know, in bed, blah, blah, blah. And Zach is like, no, it's not about that. And Dean is like, hey, I'm not judgmental. If you're not going to smash, mind if I do. And Zach literally goes for the fucking throw. Yeah. And he's like, I'll kill you. Yeah. I'll kill you. <laughs> literally like, tackles him, slams him against the lockers. I was like. I was like. Whoa. I was like, do that for me. <laughs> no. Do it again. I wasn't looking. Do it again. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Milo Ventimiglia, where you at? Um <laughs> No, but yeah, it's very intense. He's like, shut the fuck up. Like, he's really defending her Yeah, in front of this jackass. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Zach does that and Preston separates them. And then Dean goes off about how for the past four years, he's been everyone's popular guy. And like, he has been the one everyone goes to. But now he's like not a god anymore. And this is one contest he's gonna lose. Like, it's just the quintessential, (laughs) you're the man, but you're going down speech. Yeah. And Zach storms off. So we then have this little montage where we see all of the different, like, student clubs that are campaigning for Elaney's um, (laughs) prom queen bid. And we see signs for Elaney, the pro-choice choice. We also have signs from the Hygiene Squad, from the Gay Student Alliance, from the Oppressed Prisoners Club. They're all here rooting for Lainey Boggs. Classic. Classic. <laughs> the Anti-Incarceration Club. The yep. fucking... <laughs> yes. She is the people's princess. <laughs> she is, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Meanwhile, Taylor is trying to buy everybody's votes by giving out free lattes. So we mm-hmm. have some different strategies going here. Absolutely. So we cut to a more intimate setting and Lainey is in her basement um, and she is painting on a canvas when Zach comes in and she's like, no one is allowed down here. And he tells her that her painting is amazing and asks if the woman in her painting is her mother. And she's like, yep, my mom was a photographer. And Zach is like, well, she's beautiful. And Lainey is like, yeah, not everything is hereditary. So Zach asks her how she died, and Lainey says that it was leukemia. Really very tragic. It's, it's. I mean, I can't imagine it because it hasn't happened to me, but it yeah. obviously would affect someone's entire life. Yeah. And Lainey says that she remembers the funeral and the reception with Simon in her lap, but she does not remember crying. And Zach is like, well... You can't keep shutting people out. 
and keeping 19 locks on your door. And Lainey says, so what if she wants to keep um, locking people out? At least she makes decisions and she asks him where he's going to college. So he says that there's stuff that she doesn't understand. And ever since he was a kid, his father has always, you know, talked about Dartmouth. He's really been pushing him in that direction his whole life. And he keeps saying, you know, you got to pick a college, pick a college. But it seems like he's saying, pick my college, pick my future. And Lainey is like, dude, do you hear yourself? Which is true. Like this girl is talking about like this very traumatic, like loss of her mother. And he's like, daddy wants me to go to Dartmouth. But she's basically like, you know, you can go to Dartmouth, you can go to NYU, or you can go to Borneo and study squid fishing. Like you're an adult, you need to make your own decisions. And he's just like, whoa, okay, Tony Robbins. But yeah, basically, Zach suggests that maybe Lainey look in a mirror when she says this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm trying. And then they like look into each other's eyes. Oh, it's so intense. Yeah, they like slowly start to lean in. Their lips are like about to meet just like millimeters away. And Lainey is like, you're not just trying to get my vote for prom king, are you? It's I feel emotional. Yeah. <laughs> And Zach snaps back into reality and kind of like is remembering what has gotten him to this point. And she's like, oh, by the way, like about prom, I kind of wanted to talk to you about that. And he just like immediately starts backing up and is like, you know what? I actually I got to go help my dad with like a sprinkler thing. Uh, Can I call you later? Bye. And bolts out of there. Which, that would throw me so much. I mean, just in general, but especially, like, when you're 17, like, presume – I'm assuming that it's her first kiss. Yeah, for sure. But especially after – some for somebody who is so guarded to really share that much, be in such a vulnerable state emotionally and then also, like, physically – And then just immediately having the rug pulled out from under you. I would feel so turned around. Yeah. So the next thing that happens is Zach Seiler imagines he is on the real world (laughs) with Brock. And Brock is like, why are you complaining? And he says that that's not really the point. Like, I care for Lainey. And in the background, Taylor is talking to Lainey. It's like... I highly recommend watching the scene because it is one of those scenes where it's like, all of a sudden, we're in the real world and like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But in the background, Lainey is talking to Taylor and she's like, that's exactly what I thought that Zach would say. And Taylor's like, Lainey, of course, I created him and tells her to pay up. And it's like this weird bet that they've placed on fucking Zach. Yeah. And it kind of like turns the tables. And then Zach tries to speak to Lainey and Brock stops him. Lainey tells them that he did have some funny moments. And Lainey recalls when he said, your eyes are so beautiful. (laughs) And he's like, hey, you know, not to get like, all mellow on you and i think he actually says like homo like not to get all mo on you but your eyes really are beautiful and then zach wakes up gasping for air yeah 
So we then go back to school. People are campaigning for prom. It seems like a lot of people have like Lainey Boggs badges on. We had we see this like very like extreme levels of 1999 rap moment that's going on where it's kind of I don't know if it's a rap battle or if it's like a freestyle or something. It does feel like a rap battle. Like they're kind of just riffing off each other. Yeah. And it's all about Taylor and Lainey and who's going to be the new prom queen. And they do finish off the rap with like Lainey, she's all that. So we did get the title of the movie in the movie. In the cafeteria, Lainey and Jesse are having lunch. Lainey is clearly really down about the whole thing that's going on with Zach. And Jesse's like, hey, what's up? And she's like, Jesse, like, am I kissable? And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, 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 I've known you for too long. <laughs> like, I don't know. And then Simon comes up. And Simon is like a little, like, weirdo in his own right. And he comes mm-hmm. up with this huge grinder of a pepper and yes. i would literally be mortified <laughs> i would be mortified but mm-hmm. he's a he's a little weirdo kid and he's like fresh ground pepper fresh ground, like asking everyone if they want fresh ground pepper and so he goes over to their table then he like walks away and jesse goes he must be crazy and laney's like who simon and he's like Zach. And then Lainey smiles and Simon offers Sarah Michelle Geller <laughs> some pepper and she just gives him a plate that she does not want anymore and he takes that plate and he's like gonna go throw it out. I was reading that you know she has this cameo because she was visiting her then friend Freddie Prince uh, Jr. on the set. Again, un- <laughs> fucking believable it's like insane yeah i'm gonna take this moment to talk about the freddie prince jr sarah michelle geller matthew lillard industrial complex oh yeah and the hold that they had on the late 90s and early 2000s because obviously they're all in she's all that they're all in scooby-doo one scooby-doo two monsters unleashed then Matthew Lillard is in Scream 1. Sarah Michelle Gellar is in Scream 2. Then we also have Sarah Michelle Gellar, Freddie Prince Jr. also in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah. Then we also have Freddie Prince Jr., Matthew Lillard in Summer Catch. And if we really want to make things like extra convoluted, if you add all of the cast members from Cruel Intentions, things really start to like get churning because – that's like Selma Blair. That's Joshua Jackson, um, Sean Patrick Thomas, Ryan Phillippe, Reese Witherspoon. Yes. So we have like Selma Blair and Sean Patrick Thomas, both in Can't Hardly Wait and Cruel Intentions. Then Scream 2, Joshua Jackson, Sarah Michelle Geller. Then Reese Witherspoon, Selma Blair, Cruel Intentions, Legally Blonde. Then Freddie Prince Jr., Selma Blair both in Down to You. Then, oh my God. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe, both in Cruel Intentions, and I Know What You Did Last Summer. You need to make this into a TikTok. <laughs> this is the TikTok. You need to create this guide in visual form on God. Holy fucking shit. 
I can't take full. I did not discover this. This is from an Instagram post from 2000s journals. And I saved it because I was like, this needs to be talked about. But holy shit. I am unwell after hearing that list. So. (laughs) So, yeah, in the 90s, just the same 10 actors on shuffle mode. Just boom, 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 boom. (laughs) But anyways, back to the movie at hand, which is She's All That. (laughs) So as Simon is leaving Sarah Michelle Gellar with his with her plate and with his giant pepper grinder, he gets snatched up. He gets grabbed by some bullies who sit him down and one of them's like, oh, yeah, like, look at this and make him look at like a dirty magazine, which is just weird behavior. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other one is pulling out. Like, ripping out his pubes. pubic hair. From his skin and sprinkling it on a little personal (sighs) pizza. Isn't this what you said that they added to make it more appealing to men? Yes. This scene was specifically added for a male audience, which is why it feels so out of place. So out of place. So nasty. So disgusting. Yeah. So vile. (laughs) It's it's viscerally even recalling upsetting. it. I'm like, eh, it's so gross. If it helps at all, I did read. It's not obviously it's not real obviously, hair. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, corn stalks, like the little stringy bits from like a corn stalk that they just like dyed and put on. Okay, the pizza. Um, yeah, I figured it wasn't real pubes, <laughs> but it definitely in the moment it's like cringe central. Ugh. Yeah. I feel sick just thinking about it. So Same. <laughs> he puts it on the pizza, but thank God Zach comes in at the right moment and tells the bullies to let Simon go um, to get – he's like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to get up. You're going to take your magazine, and you're going to apologize to my friend Simon. So they apologize, and they start walking away, and Zach is like, hey, pube boy, grab the pizza. And hoover it. And we have this disgusting close-up shot of this dude eating the pizza. It's disgusting. So everyone in the cafeteria is like, ew, obviously. Obviously. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then Zach makes the other bully also take a bite. He's like, no way. That's his hair. Those are his pubes. (laughs) So then... You know, the other one has to take a bite. It's disgusting. Zach is like, if you think this is bad, try messing with my boy again. And Simon's like, I got, I'll, I'll take it from here. I got it. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I love Simon's confidence. That is like yeah. so unfounded. It's so sweet. Yeah. He's just like, so you want to miss with me now, bitch? And they're like, absolutely not. It's so akin to his succession character. Absolutely. 100%. So as Zach is leaving the cafeteria, he ends up catching Lainey's eyes, who's, like, seen this whole thing go down. She's seen him, like, defend her younger brother. And they just, like, have this very intense stare before Zach leaves. He exits. So the next thing we see is Lainey at work. She's at her falafel place. And Dean walks up. And he's in his bowling shirt, which we can only assume he works at a bowling alley nearby. And this is the point where I'm like, oh, you're both like working class young teens, Mm -hmm. which kind of sets you apart from the 
super like hyper rich population that you go to call the oh my god that you go to high school with yeah so that is interesting to think about and i wish they kind of dug into that a little more with dean but yeah laney is clearing plates at work when dean walks up to her and he asks her to prom and she's like haha and he's like so that's a no and she says that is a hell no and he says that he hopes this isn't about Zach because he doesn't like her like that. He still has the thing for Taylor and that Dean maybe has it wrong, but he's like, I would really like to go to prom with you. And Lainey doesn't say anything. And Dean is like, there's no sense in getting hurt for no reason. And before he leaves, he asks Lainey to think about the invitation. So not only is he asking her to prom, but he is also like, oh, Zach is still interested in Taylor. I don't want you to get hurt. But, like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff going on here. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think he also says, like, oh, like, Zach hasn't asked you, has he? It's like the, the yeah. mind games, the mental warfare that is oh. happening right now, the manipulation. It's pretty awful. Um And then the next thing we know, we're back at the Siler house. Zach goes into his bedroom. And what does he find? His father looking through all of his hidden college acceptance letters. And his dad is like, what the fuck is this? You are jeopardizing your future because half of these acceptance deadlines have already lapsed. Because at this point, it's like we're almost at prom. It's May. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's May, maybe June. Yeah, deposits are usually due, like, May 1st, May 2nd, something like like, very early on. So Zach is just like, you know what, Dad? I'm not like you. I can't just pick a school from a stack. And his dad is like, this is what being an adult is all about. You have to make decisions. And Zach is like, well, what about your decisions? Like, you're never home. You're pissed off all the time. And you can't fix your mistakes through me. (laughs) Yeah, it's big. White guys are like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. Okay. Let me just go for a hot second. Like, <laughs> I would never tell my my Puerto Rican father, like, you're always working. Like, you're never home. I'd be like, thank you so much for the sacrifices you have made yeah. for our family. Yeah. <laughs> like, the audacity of yeah. them to be like, you're never home, daddy. I'm like... <laughs> How ungrateful. You're never home and you want me to go to Dartmouth? Like, <laughs> I'll kill them. I'll take their fucking places. They're accepted. I'll do, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's pretty, pretty rough. <laughs> and it's, yeah, bold, bold is the list I can say. Yeah, and the dad doesn't even get mad at any of uh what Zach has just said. He's like, is that what you think oh, I'm doing? He's like, that is the difference between him and Troy Bolton is like, mm. this dad is like, oh, you want to make your own decisions? Fine. Just make a decision. Yeah. And Troy Bolton's like, you're a wildcat. <laughs> Coach dad is like, what fucking team? And this dad's, like, <laughs> this dad's like, that was never my intention. I just, I just want you to pick a college. Like the future's happening, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so he then hands he hands Zach the acceptance letters and leaves. Um, 
I also never realized until this watch around that who the dad is played by. He's done like a million things. He's a very famous, very successful actor with a very long career. What I know him from is his role as Dr. Brick Breland on the Rachel Bilson CW show, Heart of Dixie. Uh, if anyone Whoa. else has ever seen this show. <laughs> I used to watch this show like when I was in high school and I never finished it because I think it ended like when I was in college and I just wasn't watching it anymore. So like after I graduated, um, I like rewatched it all the way from the beginning and finished the show. And this is when Mo and I were living together. And one of our roommates, Emery, would come in when I was watching it. And it's set in like Alabama. It's like sure set yeah. in, you know, Heart of Dixie. So then it became Southern Wednesdays when we would just talk in a Southern <gasps> accent. Oh my gosh. That was Southern Wednesdays? <laughs> yes. That's where Southern Holy Wednesdays came from. <laughs> shit. Okay, I'm connecting the dots in a, such a real way right now. Holy shit. I did not know. Now that I'm watching the OC, I'm like, Southern West? Like, how could I not be a part of it? Very cool. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so if anyone else out there watched Heart of Dixie, if you know, you know. Um, but anyways. Damn. But yeah, that's the end of that scene. So back at school, Usher reminds us that there are only two weeks until prom and that the race is tighter than ever. He specifically says that the race is tighter than the little dresses that Taylor has been wearing around campus. And no tea, no shade, but Taylor is absolutely getting votes based on her looks and mm -hmm. like free lattes. And Lainey yeah. is getting votes based on like her ideas and her aspirations and her morals and yeah. <laughs> it's just very different yeah so um taylor and laney meet in the middle of the hallway and taylor's like laney let's take a pick you know just for sportsmanship eh. and then after the pick she like pushes her away and pushes another kid out of her way and she's just like get off of me very classy so the next thing we know, we're in the gym, I guess, or no, where are they? Are they like at a venue? I don't know if it's the venue or if it's on a, an auditorium or like, I don't know where they have the prom. Yeah. Wherever they have the prom, that's where they are in this scene. They're like decorating for the prom. Zach, student body president, obviously helping with all of the setup, the decorating, and Taylor comes up to him and she's like, oh my God, Zach, I just realized when I was trying on my dress the other day that we never finalized our plans for prom. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, don't you remember? Like we always said we'd go together, even if it was just as friends. And he's like, oh, what about Lord of the Dance? And she's like, oh my God, that's so over. No, it's not. And uh, Zach is like, well, what if I had other plans in mind? And she's like... I hope you're not referring to Lainey Boggs uh, because I've heard that she's already taken. And Zach whips his head around to see Lainey and Dean chatting it up on the other side of the room. Ooh. So Lainey and Dean are talking about these decorations that need to be hung up. And Zach goes up to Dean and he's like, what are you trying to pull? And he asks Lainey if he asked him to prom – and he's like, it's bullshit. 
basically calling Dean asking Lainey to prom bullshit. And Lainey is like, oh, okay, so someone asking me to prom is BS. And Dean is like, Zach, stop with the stupid bet. And Lainey's like, what bet? And then Dean explains the whole thing with Zach saying he could pick any girl to make her prom queen. And Lainey was the one that he picked. And he thinks that if he takes her to prom, then he'll win the bet. And Lainey's like, is this true? Am I a bet? Am I a fucking bet? And devastating. Yeah. Devastating. That was one of the things that M. Night Shyamalan wrote specifically. The, am I a bet? Am I a fucking bet? I love that moment. And I love that Zach is just like, he is completely honest. Mm -hmm. He acknowledges that he fucked up and he's just like, yes. Mm -hmm. Like this, this began as a bet. Like he doesn't try to cover it up. He doesn't try to like, you know, do anything. He's like, yes, you're right. Yeah. I did read that, um, Apparently, Freddie had a very hard time shooting this scene because he, like, could not reckon, like, as a person with the fact that somebody could do this to somebody. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I can't imagine, like, doing that to somebody and hurting them so much. And he had to, like, had a hard time getting into character of, like, accepting that he could be a person that would do that. I was like, oh, my God, you're sweeping me off my feet, Freddie Prince Jr. I love Freddie Prince Jr. If we could get Freddie Prince Jr., okay, and Michelle Geller on this podcast, I'd retire. I'd be like, we did it. Oh, yeah. We did it. We would peak, and then the podcast would be over forever. Fucking Freddie and Sarah Michelle Geller. But what's her Scooby-Doo name? Daphne. If we could get Freddie and Daphne on the pod. <laughs> okay. Below this up on TikTok. <laughs> Tag everyone you know. <laughs> Tag everyone you know. They are amazing. I would be deceased. Okay. Yeah. If anyone knows deceased anyone. Slay. Knows anyone. <laughs> One third slay. Deceased. <laughs> so. Yep. Basically, she's like, am I a bet? Am I a fucking bet? And Zach is like, yes. He just says yes. He doesn't sugarcoat. He doesn't explain. He just admits to his fault and he just says yes. Mm-hmm. And then Taylor adds insult to injury and she's like, oh, did you think you'd become popular for real? Oh, you did that's so sweet. And Lainey <sighs> runs off as any normal fucking person would do because I would be mortified. Mm-hmm. And Taylor tells Zach to pick her up at 8 p.m. for prom. So Lainey goes and like goes to like process everything that's happening. She is painting in her basement. The phone is ringing off the hook. She's not answering it. And we see that on her canvas, she has painted herself as a clown, which is just so sad. And we figure out, obviously, that it is Zach who is calling over and over and over again. And eventually, Simon picks up the phone and just says, stop calling, asshole, and hangs up. So Zach gets up and puts on his suit jacket because it's prom night. So Lenny's dad comes down to talk to her in the basement. And he's like, you know, a lot of people look down on my profession. Even though I have my own company and I own my home and I put food on my kid's table and Lainey is like, 
that fucking sucks. But she says that. <laughs> I don't think she's that. I think she just says, yeah, we're a team. <laughs> she says that we're a team, but she's also like, oh, people suck. Like, like yeah. the fact that people look down on you suck. Sorry, yes. I phrased that really poorly. <laughs> I put food on my table. That fucking sucks. <laughs> I just wanted to say that she he insinuates like people look down on his profession yes. and she's like, that's unfair. Like yes. that really sucks. And mm-hmm. Lainey's like, you know, we're a team. But her father says that the whole team thing may have created some confusion as to who the real parent is. And he says that he appreciates everything she does, but she takes on too much so she doesn't have to deal with being a kid and that it can't be easy, especially without a mom. And he's afraid if she keeps putting off her life like this, that she's going to wake up 85 on a porch somewhere looking for her teeth. And he's like, you know, about the prom. And she's like, but I don't have a date. I don't have anyone to go with. And he's like, oh, well, there's the handsome young man waiting upstairs to go with you. So Lainey's dad tells her to have fun. And he says, but have fun for you, not someone else. And I think that this this whole scene kind of like really encapsulates what this movie is about. Because I know that this movie gets a really bad like, rep as just being, like, oh, my God, like, she takes off her glasses and now she's beautiful and, like, that's the whole oh, story. I don't think it's that two-dimensional. No, not at all. And, like, this – actually, if you really look at it, Lainey's makeover is very minimal. All they do is, like, tweeze her brows and, They like, just put on a new dress. Yeah. And, and cut like, her give hair. her a haircut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And after that, she doesn't change her clothes. Her day-to-day clothes are the same as they were before. She doesn't put on any more makeup. People just realize how awesome she is because yes. she stood up to Taylor at this like dumb party where Taylor fucking spilled juice on her, which was awful. Exactly. Like, anyone would feel shitty if someone had a drink spilt on them. Yeah. And like this movie is about Lainey coming out of her shell. It's about her opening up to people, um, learning how to trust them, learning that that also means being hurt, but there are a lot of upsides to that too. Um, And I think that it's a shame that that whole rhetoric in this film gets lost in like people being like, oh my God, that movie is so problematic. It's just like about a bet and then a makeover and then they end up together. And I'm like, no, these two characters actually like learn and take a lot from each other. Like Lainey learns from Zach how to open up and to like put herself out there. And Zach learns from Lainey how to be decisive and actually stand up for what he wants. So if you think it's two-dimensional, damn me, I'll fucking talk <laughs> to you about it and I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah. So Lainey, she rushes upstairs to see who is waiting for her at the door. Obviously, she thinks it's Zach. And who is it? <gasps> it's Jean. Oh. It's just Jean. So he's standing there in his suit and he's like, I know you don't trust me, but I didn't ask anyone else on the chance that if I came here tonight, you'd change your mind. That's got to count for something. I'll kill him. <laughs> I'll fucking kill him. <laughs> I'll kill him. <laughs> and 
she's kind of like, I don't know. And he's like, you don't even have to change if you don't want. And this does make her smile. And actually, I was like, damn, that's like, that's a smart thing to say. That's very cute. But I know that you're manipulative. So I do wonder, though, how much is like, and this is me just, you know, doing a hypothesis. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm like, how much of it is manipulative, right? And how much of it is actually like, I care for you and I see that you're actually a really cool, awesome person and I don't want Zach to have that. And so I want to make you my cool, awesome person and I'm actually going to be like, I want to fuck you first, which is also bad. Mm -hmm. Not saying that it's not bad, but I'm like, I wonder if he actually does want to get to know her as a person, but he's just like, has this fucking jealousy and this fucking whole thing, this whole complex with Zach that he can't let go of that. I think that would be interesting. I don't see enough in the movie to give me that. Yeah, I get you. Because at least the way that it's framed, it's very much a, to him, like Lainey, is a symbol she's like a status symbol um not only in her popularity but also in what she means to zach and he wants everything that zach has and honestly i kind of question whether dean likes women at all not not necessarily like freaking true (laughs) like i'm not saying necessarily that i'm questioning his sexuality but there are a lot of straight men that hate women and like don't like them and i think he at least in this point in his life is one of them for sure because we don't see him having any sort of friendships um with any of the girls we i don't even know if we see him speaking to a girl besides besides laney i don't think besides laney laney and chandler at the beginning of the movie yeah so either he's insulting women or hitting on them and manipulating them Mm -hmm. so yeah so zach ends up taking his sister mackenzie seiler to prom and he's like i really screwed this up and mackenzie's like don't worry she'll be there Meanwhile, Taylor is sitting at home waiting to be picked up by Zach. Little does she know. Mm -mm -mm. So we get to prom. Everybody is dancing. They're having a good time. So Preston and Katie are having this argument as they're getting their prom photos taken where they're talking about how Katie nominated Lainey for prom. And like, I don't know what she's mad at him about. It's kind of unclear. Like, if she's, I think she's mad at him because he knew about the bet, and she, and he's like, well, you're the one who nominated her for prom. I think that's what's going on. It's like so brief that we don't get any time with it. Yeah, and I would have loved to like you know hear their POVs on this situation. Yeah, it seems like Katie is like, how could you do this? You know, whatever. And Preston is trying to pretend like he didn't know about the bet about making Lainey prom queen. See, this is my issue with Preston is that he doesn't really do anything like wrong or he's not really he doesn't really partake in a lot of the misogynistic behavior that we see. Mm-hmm. But he also doesn't really do anything about it. He's just kind of like a bystander, an enabler, if you will, and 
That is not good. He doesn't say that anything is wrong, for sure. If you see something, say something. (laughs) Yeah. So while this is happening, Mackenzie and Zach arrive at the prom, and Mackenzie tells Zach to just go and find Lainey on the dance floor and cut in, get your chance with her. So he spots Lainey and Dean dancing together. He's about to go and interrupt when Taylor grabs him and she's like, I forgive you for not picking me up. I don't care. Let's go dance. And that is when we bust into a choreographed dance number completely out of nowhere. Usher's like, do that dance I taught you. And everyone's like, boom, boom, boom. (laughs) A very complex dance number there's lots of moving parts there's like a soul train situation going at one point there's like a dance battle between the guys and the girls like it's it goes on for quite some time this is several minutes long but you know usher the dj having the time of his life just living laughing loving so upstairs Mackenzie walks around and she sees chessie and they both at the same time are like i love this song So Jesse introduces himself as not a good dancer, and Mackenzie's like, hi, I go to school with 500 chicks. And then on the dance floor, Dean is like, I'll be back in one minute. And at that moment, Lainey's art teacher comes over and says that her final piece with a photo of her mother may have been the best piece she has seen from anyone all year. And that is what she told her top art schools when she faxed them last Monday. (gasps) So, yeah, pretty big news. And she tells Lainey that she's been trying to open her up for the past four years and that whatever let her let go of her responsibility and initiated this change, she has to keep a hold of. Meanwhile, in the bathroom – Dean is talking to any dude that will listen about how history is about to go down in room 409 tonight and is flashing around this little hotel key because he is going to have sex with Lainey, essentially. And none of the dudes care at all. They all kind of just walk away. And Preston is like, oh, like, I feel a bet coming on, but I'm going to have to resist because guess what? Lainey Boggs is not going to give you anything tonight. Never. Yeah. He walks out. Dean is like, no, dude, tonight is the night. I paid $300 for this room. He chugs his little flask and walks out. And once the bathroom is empty, who emerges from the stall? (gasps) It's Jesse. Jesse. So he skedaddles over to Mackenzie and immediately tells her what he just heard. So the principal announces that the 1999 prom king is none other than (gasps) Zach Seiler. Of course. Of course. Of course. So then he announces the prom queen, which is the tightest race they've had in history. The prom queen winning 54% to 46% is Taylor Vaughn. Boo. Yeah. Really big bummer. And Chessie calls out Zach while Dean tells Lainey it should have been her. And Lainey is like, the right person won. And they 
walk out of the prom. But Mackenzie and Jesse are like, Zach, Zach, Zach. So Zach and um, Taylor Vaughn walk out for their speeches. And Zach gives this really brief, like, inspiring speech. And he says, you know, for a lot of us, this is as good as it gets. We aced the test, made the big shot, got a crown. But the truth is, we're just getting started. We can be anything we want to be. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm hoping I never forget that. Then Mackenzie and Jesse finally get Zach's attention and they tell him that Dean has taken Lainey to a hotel room 409. So Zach gets into car, his Jeep, whatever. And he calls all of these hotels and are like, do you have a Dean registered at room 409? And he is going all around LA just trying to find out where Lainey and Dean might be. Meanwhile, back at the Boggs house, Simon and Mr. Boggs, I guess he doesn't really have a name, Lainey's dad. (laughs) They're just watching TV when Lainey comes home and her dad is like, how was your big night? She's like, oh, it was fine. You know, you're right. I actually did have fun. And she's about to go upstairs, but he's like, no, no, no. Like, come in here for a second. So Lainey goes into the living room, and who is waiting there for her? (sighs) Zach Seiler. And so Lainey's dad is like, all right, we're going to go to bed, give you two some privacy to talk. Maybe you should go into the backyard. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe go into the backyard. Yeah, maybe there's a... A little surprise there for you. Um, so as they're going upstairs, Simon apologizes to Zach about calling him an asshole. And Zach is like, we're all good. And like, you know, he was an asshole for what he did. So deserved, I think. For sure. So Zach asks Lainey if she's all right. And, you know, basically tells her what Jesse overheard Dean talking about, his whole plan. And Lainey's like, yeah, I just figured it out a little late is all. So... Lainey says that sexual harassment is still a big issue these days, which is why she carries around this rape foghorn, not a whistle, a foghorn. Mm-hmm. And what she did was put it up to Dean's ear. So she just hopes it didn't cause any permanent damage. It most definitely did, would be my guess. In the backyard, Lainey and Zach walk out and she asks And she asks how he's been doing. And he says, Jesus, I can't (laughs) read. Back in the backyard, Lainey, walk out. I actually am illiterate, okay? (laughs) Holy fucking shit. Lainey and Zach walk out into the backyard. And Lainey asks him how long he's been here. And Zach says, a while. And he says that he made this bet before he knew her. And he believes that he made it before he really knew himself. And Lainey's like, well, what did you end up losing? And he says that he lost his best friend. And I'm like, holy shit. Oh like, God. best friend? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm shook right now. So he says, you taught me a lot before you. I thought that we had to have all of the answers right now. And she's like, and now? And he says, I'm kind of liking that I don't. So 
can I have the last dance? And she says, no, you can have the first dance. So they slow dance together and the twinkle lights come on in her backyard, courtesy of her father. Shout out, dad. Yes. And she says, I feel just like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman, you know, except for that whole hooker thing. And they talk about what's next. And Zach is like, you know, I've been thinking about art school myself, but more along the lines of performance art. <laughs> Zach Seiler goes to our acting program at he goes NYU. <laughs> he starts quoting her show and she tells him to shut up before pulling him in for a lovely kiss. And Lainey asks him about the terms of the bet that he made with Dean. And he says, oh, you'll see. So our last moment of the movie, it's graduation. Everyone is being called up to collect their diplomas. Um, Dean misses his name because he's too busy chewing on his tassel. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) And he can't hear shit. Yeah. Yeah, so clearly some damage has been done to his eardrums. Mm-hmm. Taylor is just smoking a cigarette in the back. She's over it. She's done. Zach is sitting on his chair. He has his hat. He has his tassel. He has his little sash. And that's all the man is wearing. Oh, just, just holding a little soccer ball in front of the goods. He gets called up. Zach Seiler stands up to get his diploma. And all we see is Lainey sitting in the audience catching the soccer ball that he has tossed Uh, to her. The end. Amazing. (laughs) Okay. I loved this movie. I Mm -hmm. think it is quintessential camp 90s, like, oh my gosh, late 90s, early 2000s, fucking high school rom-com camp. Yeah. This is the blueprint. Totally. And it, it was very much of the, the late 90s, early 2000s, like, we're taking these old plays and adapting them. Because I don't know if we talked about this, but this movie is Pygmalion. It's like an adaptation mm-hmm. of the play. Taming of the Shrew, Pygmalion. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, you get some really rich source material and can update it to the times. I think they did it pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's really enjoyable. And I really think that there's a lot more depth in there than people give it credit for. It's not about the makeover. Like, it's really not about the visual makeover. Oh, it's, not at all. It's a makeover of the soul, which sounds so cheesy, but it's true. And, like, these two characters really learn a lot from each other at a very formative time. And it's not like it takes place over a week. It takes place over, like, two months. So I think that that gives it enough breathing room for you to actually buy into this story. Because if it took place over, like, the course of a week, it'd be like, yeah, whatever. But I mm-hmm. think that getting these, like solo moments of Lainey and Zach when they're at the performance art show and they're like at her house, they're at the beach, they're at the party, they're in her basement. Like we get all these snapshots um, that are just standalone moments of the other instances where I'm sure they spent time together that we just don't get to see. So I feel like I buy Mm -hmm. into it a lot more than I do in some other rom-coms. Yeah. Watching this movie kind of made me just think again about how much I love movies because yeah. it's like you have these universes that are created with these like popular guys and these like quote unquote loser girls or like less popular girls. Mm-hmm. And it makes you think of like real life about how 
a lot of people who may have seemed like your adversaries are actually really similar to you. Mm-hmm. But because of your like goals or differences or whatever, you always ended up being adversaries instead of like friends. Like it kind of makes you think about how the people that you went to high school with could have been your friends mm-hmm. if you guys have had different perspectives. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like that that yearning that you don't typically think about. But when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, like, why wasn't I friends with that girl who was popular? Oh, because she like wouldn't look at me because I wasn't popular. But it's mm-hmm. like we have so much in common, more so than like when you go to college and you meet someone who has nothing similar in the walk of life that you've had. Right. But somehow you become best friends. Yeah, I think it's just – it's a really enjoyable movie. The characters are really grounded. I think the writing is, like, pretty good. The performances are pretty good. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it, this is only maybe, like, my fourth time watching this movie. I didn't watch it growing up. I think I watched it for the first time in college. What would you rate it? Oh, man. First rating of the year. <laughs> it really is. Um – I am going to give it a solid eight. Okay. I was thinking a nine. So mm. should we compromise on 8.5? Yeah. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Because I, I really did like the acting. I, I really do think um, Rachel Lee Cook and Freddie Prince Jr. And also the characters that play Preston and Katie, like Gabrielle Union, are very talented. Mm-hmm. Karen Culkin, but obviously there's a lot to be desired. Like I want to know more about Dean. I want to know more about Taylor and Brock. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot that I want to know more about. So I think that a nine. Yeah. Yeah. So an an 8.5 cumulatively. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't really talk about it. I mean, they did do a remake. He's all that um, last year with Addison Rae. I did not watch it. Um, I don't have any desire to watch it. Brutal. Rachel E. Cook is in it. She plays Addison Rae's mother. Mm-hmm. But it's not Lainey that she's playing. It's like a different character. Um, yeah. But yeah, so if you want to watch that, it's on Netflix. You're like, <laughs> if you fucking want to watch it, I won't. But if you want to watch be, it. I won't be, but if you want to, it's on Netflix. And if you want to watch this movie and you're in Canada, it's on Amazon Prime for streaming. And if you want to watch this movie and you are in the United States, it is actually on HBO Max, which I was happy to find out. Oh, there you go. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We had a blast recording. We're happy to be back in the swing of things. Yes, it's it's so nice talking to you again. And please DM us. Please email us if you want any you know, any fucking personal connection whatsoever. <laughs> um, DM us at movies that raised us. And if you want to email us, email us at movies that raised us at gmail.com. Yes. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at MTRU underscore pod. And if you want to follow us on TikTok, you can follow us at movies that raised us pod. And we will see you next week for another movie. Yes. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye! Bye.